Hello and welcome to African Joe Paddy. My name is Ife and I'm recording from Creole in Scotland. Dr. Bel Habib is not here with us again today because um, she has urgent issues to address to, but she would definitely join us in the next episode. Today, we'll be discussing China-African relation in relation to investment in fish meal industry in the Gambia. And we have an absolute amazing guest to discuss this topic with us. Mustafa Mane, who is our guest, is a West African regional editor at China Dialogue based in the Gambia. He's a researcher focusing on China-Africa relations and fish meal investment. Previously, he worked as a local producer for a fish meal documentary called Stolen Fish and has served as a consultant for environmental NGOs. Thank you so much. I mean, we don't have a more qualified person to speak to us about this topic than you, Mustafa. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're just going to delve in and, and, and ask you, tell us, what is Africa relation like in relation to fish meal investment, particularly in the Gambia? What is it like? So China-Africa relations is, um, is really um, a very big deal, especially in West Africa and Gambia is included. So when it is linked to the fish meal, um, fish meal is a, is a particular investment that really requires a lot of fish in order to make a fish oil and a fish powder, which is used to feed aquaculture, poultry, and also used as a feed for the livestock. So for that being the case, they are taking almost the, the 75% of the pelagic fish caught in the coastal communities to process the fish meal. So this has really affected the communities, but because China is involved, but because the country, the Gambia have so much deal with China, the issue cannot be addressed as the way it's so. And even if the government agencies, for example, the National Environment Agency want to take a step against these fish meal factories. The government will just jump in to take out again to say the issues should be done outside court settlement, but not in the court because it's going to send investors away from the Gambia, especially the Chinese investors. So the link between the Gambia and China or Africa and China, the Africa relationship with China has a role to play. And that is accepting everything that has to do with China. Okay, wow, that's a really um, very interesting perspective. I liked how you were able to highlight at least quantify the percentage or the probable percentage of fish that is diverted from human to fish. So basically taking fish away from human to feed fish, to be able to then produce fish with human, which is illogical, which doesn't make sense, but it is a shame that it, it is in that way. And, and also 
when you were talking, it also made me think about how it appears the government is focusing so much on revenue than environmental protection and the well-being of coastal communities. And so at this point, I'd like you to actually try and tell us why should we care? Why is it even why is it important for us to consider about conservation of fish? And when I ask this question, it relates to how is fish important to coastal livelihood? How is the ocean's environment and the resources within it contributing to livelihoods in the Gambia? And how is the, the presence of this fish meal industry and the overexploitation related to it affecting that um, livelihood? Fish meal is really taking the fish that's supposed to be on the plates of the local people, taking it outside the country to a special a destination that is not known by the local people. One reason why we should talk about this issue, one reason why we should fight about these factories or this plant is that fish is the cheapest source of protein that the average Gambian can afford. Gambia people live below $2 per day. That is the index. Below $2 per day. And you're having a family. Your salary will not be even because people are paid like twenty, like $50 per month in the Gambia. $50 per month in the Gambia. And um, you, have to, you have to put food on the plate every day. Hmm. So now because of the fish meal factories in the Gambia, fish prices have skyrocketed it increased more than 200%. So now, if average Gambian cannot afford fish, because there is an investor that is in the country huh. taking all the fish, yeah. then there's a problem. And it's not even only about the food aspect of it, but it's about also, let's talk about the social impact that they have brought in the communities. I live in a coastal community where fish meal is present. One thing that they do is one, they divide the communities. These are communities that are completely divided because few people are working with the company and the rest are separate, especially when it comes to the environmental impact of it. The smell is worse than any kind of smell that I've ever taken in my entire life. And thirdly, let's talk about what they do. They discharge this untreat untreated waste water from the factory into the Atlantic ozone. The ozone is not for waste. The ozone is not meant for waste. And again, as a young boy living in a coastal community, it, when as a kid I have a skin rashes, my mom will tell me, go to the sea and swim. Your rashes will go off because we believe the salt there will be able to cure me. But the same water that used to treat me 10 years ago is the same water that is giving me rashes now because it has been polluted. And the final one will be the financial aspect of it. The local fish processors cannot compete with the Chinese or with the foreign investors in the country, especially when it comes to fish. These are people who buy in small quantity, take it to the local market, sell it there, and tomorrow they go back because they don't use even refrigerators to store their fish, because tomorrow they'll be enough. But today they are competing with a factory that is buying tons of fish per day. 
We're talking about hundreds mm, of yeah. tons of fish per day. And these people are buying just a small quantity because that is one of the most sustainable ways. So they are affecting our biodiversity. And Gambia is a country that is yet to determine their fixed stock level in the water. So we don't have any amount, specific amount, I mean, correct one that can be verified that this is the stock level we have in our water. Because the ones that we have are not even adequate, but yet still, they send a very strong warning that pelagic fish in the Gambian water is depleting every day. And it is depleting because we have an investors in the country that are really, really taking all the fish that will be on the plate of the local people. So this is, and many more are the reason why we should fight. Another reason why I think we should start to make sure what belongs to Gambia, what belongs to Africa, what mm. belongs to the local people remain on the plate of the local people. If there should be an investment, like investor, there must be a responsible investor and a sustainable investor for that matter. Here, 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 here. I mean, just, I can listen to you all day and listening to you, you said something that is very profound. I loved the connection with the traditional or cultural relationship with the ocean. You know, how you talked about when you were a child and you have rashes, your mom will say, go and swim in the ocean. And now the ocean rash is giving you rash just because of the extent of pollution coming from the fish meal industry or the fish meal factories and and unfortunately the narrative is replete across across the african continent even if it's not fish meal it could be the case of uh, oil pollution at least i know in the niger delta for instance in some communities traditionally when new babies are born they would introduce the babies to the ocean you know, as a, a traditional way of introducing them to their nature and their environment. A lot of these customs or traditions are no longer practiced because of the extent of pollution, oil pollution in the ocean, because obviously it exposes the kids to, to risk. And it's really, it's sad that something that is very important to us as human beings, as Africans, that is very important to our tradition, apart from the food that you've talked about, is also something that is unfortunately causing harm due to the quest for revenue. And so the question that begs for an answer now, therefore, is what is the government doing? Because I know I like the fact that you talked about the pollution angle. And so I'm, I'm thinking, that this also then have impact, apart from the impact it has on fisheries, it also has impact on tourism. Because if the smell, if there's a coming from the disposal of, uh, of, of wastewater from the factories, will the tourists be coming? Because Gambia rely on, on marine tourism for some of its revenue and, uh, and, and employment for thousands of people. So what impact is this having on tourism? I mean, you've talked about the impact on fisheries and socioeconomic um, relations. So what impact does it have on tourism? It has a great impact on tourism. Already tourism is going down in the coastal communities. And the funniest part is Katong, Gunjur and Sanya is where the fish meal factories are situated. And again, these are the communities that are designated as an eco paradise or eco tourism paradise for the Gambia. So meaning anything that's supposed to be here or any investor that is coming to this area should be an eco-friendly investor. And again, the Gambia has a law that says that 
800 meters away from the sea is for only tourism development purpose. So meaning me, myself, Mustafa, I cannot build a house there to live because it's for only tourism development. But yet still, the fish mill factories are built less than 100 meters away from the ocean. And these are places where we have our lodges, where we have our juice bar, where we have our tourist relaxed areas. When the factory operates, tourism closes in those areas. It is sad to know that tourists will even leave their food and run away. And some will claim they will never come back to Gambia because these are places that they have been coming for years. Just recently, the communal fish mill factory have destroyed all the good memories that they have. So tourism is highly impacted. And I will link this to, I keep saying, most of these fish oil reach Europe, European markets. So now if the Gambian youth is driving from the walk because the fish mill factory is operating to feed the European market, and that man left with no option but to use the irregular migration and reach himself in Europe, tomorrow he's sent back home. I call that hypocrisy because Europe has a role to play in order to save their job back home. That is denying or rejecting the fish oil, denying and rejecting the salmon fish. Because most of the salmon fish are fed by, the salmon fish, most of them are fed by fish meal. And these are meal that are usually coming from Africa, especially the Gambia, Morocco, and no Gambia, Mauritania, and Senegal. So they have the role to play. You talk about what is the government role or what is the government doing? It is sad, painful, and very unfortunate to know that the Gambia government is not concerned about the environmental issues. They give no regards when it comes to environment. Well, when the fish mill factory in Gunjur called Gondi did discharge their wastewater in the Atlantic Ocean, this was in 2018, 27 to 2018. Any year, that is the environment management, that's any year, that's the National Environmental Agency took golden lead plant, fish mill plant court for violating the rules or violating the laws of the land, that is discharging their wastewater in the Atlantic Ocean without any approval. The following day, the government went and said, no, this issue should be not brought to court. It should be an outside court settlement. And they have taken the court out of, like, they are taking the case out of court without even not to find the agency responsible for that. I have met with some of the agency staff, I mean senior staffs, who said they were surprised when the case was, was kicked out of court for an outside court settlement, which they were not even informed. So their hands are tied and they cannot do anything as long as the space mill plants are operating in the Gambia. They operate without any boundaries. So this is the situation that we found ourselves. And in fact, a lot of youth have been arrested for simply protesting against the presence of this mill factory. And they have been brutally arrested, taken to court for just defending what belongs to them and just defending their community against investors that are not here to invest, but they are here to fill their pockets. 
I'm really thankful to you for, you know, elaborating on some of this point and importantly, um, you know, that link between what's going on and, and migration or irregular migration and even calling out Europe because it's quite easy for us to say the Chinese and fish mill industry, but at the end of the day, if there's no market for that fish mill industry to sell to, they might not necessarily operate in the way that they are operating. So a report by Greenpeace actually, or implicated with companies in Europe, they noted that fish meal and fish oil trade um, from West Africa make it to the European market. It included the traders that they mentioned included in that report, included aqua and agro feed companies in France, and that company I think is Ovea in Norway. GC Eba is one of them in Denmark. ED and F Man Terminal in Germany. Costa Marine Province in Spain. In Prokisa in Greece, there's also a company Noseed Noseed Mill Innovation. It went on to also talk about the supply chains, you know, the relationship between different supply chains and big retailers were implicated from Spain, like Carrefour, um, Germany, Audi Sud, Lido, Kufland in Spain, Lido, España, in the UK, Tesco, Lido, Audi. So it tells you that this is not just like, you know, okay, the Chinese are common kind of scenario something that basically is about business whereby different people are benefiting at the expense, at the expense. This is not actually just about food security now, but the environmental well-being, the coastal and social and the security in the society and even personal security and safety because if people are now risking their lives to travel to Europe through the Mediterranean, then someone has to you know, at least take responsibility of what's going on. And I want to thank you for, for, you know, making that link because it helps us understand better. But I also want to ask, I remember, you know, through this, very important to also highlight the power that people and NGO might have. Because I know, you know, through the agitation, you've done a, a lot of work on this issue. You've produced documentaries. You've even written about it or supported the other journalists to write about it. But I think it's important for us to highlight some of the victories. Has there been cases where, for instance, a fish meal factory has been closed down due to protests, you know, so that people, at least the communities have successfully succeeded in getting the government to act? Is there anything like that you can share with us? Yes, yes, we have so many, so many um, victories against these people. Um, the, the recent victory is when the Goli Lead Factory in Gunjur wanted to expand their factory. So wanted to expand means they have already decided to expand the factory on the area where these local women are doing their gardening. And the garden is a very important source of livelihood for the local people. Like, for example, myself, my school, most of my fees are paid through these local gardens. Mothers are the most hardworking, I keep saying, in this area of the Gambia because they work on the garden and pay their school fees, put food on the table and sell to their family. 
and the fish mill want to expand to that area, meaning they are going to send them a packet. And this is when the environmental activists start up and said, no, this is not going to happen. And it is not going to happen, even though this includes a high profile people in the community. With the help from Greenpeace, have also raised their concern, made a press release against this expansion. And the government have to come out to say they don't even know this is happening. And this is when that expansion stopped. This is one victory that is, is really significant. The second victory is the protest that we have been doing. Even though they, when the factory is closed, it is usually closed because the government is put under huge pressure, but it's closed for just few moments because when they start discharging wastewater in, in that in the ozone, this is when we, we intensify our activism and the government went down to stop all the fish mill factories and asked them to build a waste treatment plant. A waste treatment plant without any laboratory? <laughs> I don't call that a waste treatment plant. And those are the kind of um, 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 the, the, the kind of waste treatment plant that we have in the Gambia, fish mill factories, is just a three chamber, a three chamber building, three chamber building. That is what they call a waste treatment plant. And after building that, this is when they allow them to operate. So when it comes to closer, the closer, yes, activists were able to push more in order to make the government close, the fish mill factory. Yeah. Thank you so much. Obviously, we will take it as a success. Obviously, we still have a very long way to go in ensuring that the government are held accountable, that the voices of the people are adequately represented, and that the pursuit of economic growth does not continue to undermine environmental well-being and, and the welfare of the people and community coherence. And on that note, I'd like to ask you then, you, you leave the situation, you experience this, you understand the impact it's having. And, and therefore you should also maybe have a sense of what the solution to some of the problems we've identified so far would be. And so if I have the power to solve all the problems that I come to you and say, Mustafa, we are ready to work. We're ready to make a difference. What is the solution to this problem? How can we solve the problem? What would you say? Very important question. Well, anything that I am advocating against, I always have an alternative. Because there's an alternative that you need to put down upon and to understand that you are not just claiming for them to stop, but you are giving them an alternative. The alternative is that this fish meal plant can be turned to what we call the fish freezing centers. Or it can simply be turned as an ice making or ice plant. Because one, if it is ice plant, then it's going to have the local people to go and fish in a traditional way. And there will be no major impact. And they are talking about employment. That is going to employ more people than the fish mill. It can also be turned as a fish frozen or processing center. At least if fish is frozen or processed, it can be sold in the Gambia. And it's human beings that are going to eat it. And the impact will be less compared to turning it, in, turning it into fish meal and the fish powder that no one ate it. So I have two options for this problem or two solutions. That is turning the fish meals into an ice plant 
or turning the fish meal into a fish processing centers where they can be frozen and sell in the Gambia or outside the Gambia. But at least that is more sustainable because we have fish processing centers in the Gambia and we never had any queries about them. But less than five years, we have this huge impact affecting us. So that's my solution. Thank you so much for proposing that solution. So yeah, that does that does make sense. The question then is whether this is something that is already being floated around you know, when the NGOs and the people are pushing for it. Are they actually seeing at the community level anything, you know, any evidence to say, okay, these are the things we can point to apart from the potential revenue that goes directly to the coffers, would you say that there are things that can be pointed to to say this fish meal are actually positive, regardless of maybe what some people might want to describe as the noise, these are actually some of the positive of the fish meal. Is there any positive you can, you can count? You can... Fish meal I will say few people are benefiting. And again, that is a short-term benefit, not a long-term benefit. Few people are working there as laborers and they are going home with money. That's true. And others are going there because a lot of people, the fishermen usually bring fish. So they go there to sell their, their fruits. Some sell their lunch there and others sell breakfast and they are getting money from it. That is the good part of it. But again, that is less than 2%. The worst part is even though they are getting money, I mean the laborers, which the fish meal factories call them workers, but none of these people are having their employment letters. And they don't pay tax. They don't have social security, which is even illegal in this country. Because if you are working in this country, you must have all those things. Especially if you are earning $1,500 every month, then you are obliged to pay tax. So this is the good part that I can say, yes, few people are working there that are having some money. That's true. Okay. Thank you so much for clarifying that because then that is also why we might see the point you made about community cohesion, whereby those that are benefiting would obviously would not um, want something, um, want it to stop. So I want to thank you for contribu contributing and teaching us more. I have absolutely learned so much about the situation in the Gambia and, and even indirectly Senegal and Mauritania that have um, similar realities in terms of the number of fish mill industries or companies in, in that part of the world. I want to give you an opportunity to say something like a call to action. What would you say to young Gambians? What would you say to young Africans? What would you say to young people and, and people across coastal states, even those in China that could be listening, even those in Europe that could be benefiting from this? What would you say to them in relation to everything we've discussed to help them see why this is absolutely not something 
that we can and should allow to continue to happen. Thank you so much. And I think I will use this opportunity to call on Gambians, non-Gambians, Africans, and all over the world that this is not a fight that only people in the Gambia will be involved. This is a water cost. We are claiming or we are worrying about the climate change. These plants contribute a lot to climate change because when they are affecting the biodiversity in our marine spaces, for that being the case, we shall stand and talk about it. I talk about the possible migration rate high in the country because many people have lost their job and they felt the only way that they can make is to go to Europe. So meaning it doesn't, the fish meal present in the Gambia doesn't mean it's going to affect only the Gambia. It's going to affect the whole world. And food, right to food and right to healthy environment is human rights that is guaranteed by the international law. So that means we should come together and talk about this issue. I will want to make this point very clear. I am not anti-investors, but I am anti-bad investors. I want investors that are reasonable, that are sustainable, and that are really worth investing, that invest. So together, we can protect the environment, and together, we can save the earth. Let's work on leaving our good footprints on earth that our legacy will forever stand. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I mean, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for educating me and us and the rest of the listeners. I want to thank you for the passion and the work that you do. And I hope that you obviously give us your time next time we invite you because, I mean, you have so much to say and we can listen to you all day. Um, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, and thank you so much for even helping us to continue to do what we're doing. Have a great day and take care.